Well, this is Winging It. It is the somewhat whimsical, certainly worrying, decidedly wonky, seldom weighty, endlessly well-intentioned, and wildly witty show about music where one knows what's coming and the other does not. Well, this particular show happens in between both proper to ensure you can spend anywhere from 15 to 180 minutes with us every week. This particular time, I am not taking David by surprise because we had to do some prep. And this is very, very rare, but I think that's it's worth it. I thought it was worthwhile cause, and I think it'll be interesting to you. So if we start talking about this particular topic and you find yourself not remembering what the original sounded like or not knowing what the alternate version sounds like, I encourage you to pause, listen, and then come back. We did. We did. We absolutely <laughs> did. And um, also, if you disagree with us, we always welcome you to reach out to us at bothonair at gmail.com and let us know why. And you may or may not appear on the show, or at least we may quote you. Now, it could be, you could be quoted in a positive way or in a mocking way. I'm not sure, depending on, mm-hmm. on yep. where you, you, know, you fall. But, uh, David, would you agree that this is quite an interesting topic? It really is, and we honestly did do, we listened to significant portions of the uh, songs in question to be prepared. Despite the fact that no such thing is anywhere in my contract, I'm willing to be be flexible. You know, it's not in my fucking contract either, okay? This time, okay, we can be flexible on this. So we did some prep. So if you've got to go listen to a song, uh, you'll actually uh, be uh, kind of uh, be able to keep up with this if you do. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that seems very, that seems unattainable, but. (laughs) (laughs) Who can possibly do that? So what are we talking about? Well, this time we're going to talk about some of the best acoustic versions of popular songs. Now, it's interesting because what we did is we listened to the original just a little bit because we know the original, and then we listened to a snippet of the acoustic version to remind ourselves, well, which one do we prefer? Now, you might think, well, in every instance, Christina, you guys are going to prefer the original, but is that true? We don't know because we haven't discussed that. Um, So it'll be interesting to find out. So the first one is obviously in the late 1989 area. Uh, MTV struck gold, especially during the 1990s, with their Unplugged series of acoustic concerts. Now, a lot of the acoustic versions of these songs are actually from the MTV Unplugged. Not all of them, but some of them that we listened to, David. And some of them are big hits. Absolutely. So this particular album was released in November 1994. Um, This was obviously months after Kurt Cobain had died. So obviously it is Nirvana's All Apologies. Now... We listened to the original version that's on the album, which is fucking amazing. I mean, it is, you know, yeah. and we listened to the unplugged version. And David, I'm going to first turn it over to you to determine where your preference lies. Well, uh, that's a first thing to say about acoustic, about unplugged acoustic songs can really, really rock. I mean, uh, sometimes they're, you know, and that's almost a good test of a song to see how well it stands up without all the noise, you know. Uh, and However, the case uh, here is not that stark, the difference, because All Apologies studio version is not this barn-burning rocker. Uh, it can be fascinating to hear those taken down to a very, you know, to an acoustic, uh, you know, sometimes even with that percussion level. But uh, in this case, the there's something about the live version that is really special. Um, mm, I, I might even give the slight nod to that. But, you know, as you said, the acoustic is brilliant, too. I mean, the uh, studio version is brilliant. So maybe a slight nod to the live on this one. 
Yeah, you're so you're so non-committal in these these. You're like slight not. I'm just going straight in. The unplugged version just fucking floored me. Uh, to hear him that raw, to hear just him and a guitar, and I do agree with you with what you said. With it's a test of a song, and it, there's nothing to hide behind, and that's always that. I will tell you that acoustic shows make me more nervous than our full shows. Well, of course, you know I'm not doing. Of course, much, yeah, but when we're doing those, a lot of the focus is on Bruce because he's, you know, this magician. But when we're doing acoustic, the focus is on me, and I can't mess up. It's It's got to be Because he's only doing one thing. Right, he's know, just playing acoustic Instead of the guitar. half a dozen he usually is. Right, so it's kind of interesting. It's kind of like when we're doing a full thing, I'm complimenting him, and then we're doing this, he's complimenting me. So it's very interesting. So I get really nervous when we do acoustic gigs like we just did, and then we played one of our two new songs for acoustic live for the first time. So it's always nerve wracking because nothing to hide behind and does it stand up on its own without all that other stuff. Yeah. You need a melody. And of course, Ascent songs have that in spades. Uh, and you might hear this before the tour. I don't know, but anyway, they're going on tour and hopefully it's not over by the time you hear about this and you follow them on social media and you will be alerted of the proceedings there. Oh, but, you. um, yeah, Ascent songs have that. And uh, speaking of Nirvana, a good, a really good example of stripping a song down and even changing the tempo considerably in this case, which is not the case with most of these acoustic, uh, versus studio things is, uh, smells like teen spirit. As played out on solo piano and vocal by Tori Amos, the melody is right there. I mean, there's no getting around the fact that it's a great song. And um, some things don't hold up that well. I would think Nirvana's definitely would, uh, obviously, and a sense. And uh, we'll see who else ends up on the list. Well, and that's interesting that you say that because that's one of the ones we choose to cover, too, because it is so powerful and you can do so many things with it i mean whether it's tori's version or our version or anyone else's version there's so many versions out there of it yeah and folks if you ever catch us that live and they do that believe me their version is not like nirvana's and it's not like tori's either no. it's something you're going to be it's going to be on for a few seconds and go oh are they really doing that oh shit in because, that way yeah that it's a very it's a very novel interpretation and it's uh it's quite uh, quite gripping and quite dark you know, yeah. and yeah, it, you can say that. And yeah. that's the thing. I just it's a great melody and a great melody stands out, especially acoustic, you know, and I think that's why that that Nirvana Unplugged is so powerful, because there are that music and the melodies are really great. And there is something wonderfully raw about his voice. You know, oh, of, of course, I don't know yeah. why his voice sounds beautiful to me, but it always has. Yeah. And uh, I, I know a lot of people think he can't play, he can't sing, but I, I would argue he's got it. You know? I mean, he's got something. Is, something, is he yeah. brilliant at it? No. Is he brilliant at what he does? Absolutely. Come on. Their version of Heartbreaker didn't blow you away. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> moving on to an unfortunately not as celebrated band. They were for a while. But Midnight Oil, um, definitely huge, obviously, in the 80s and 90s, They where they got you know their international success. Obviously, they're the Australian alternative rockers, which I love about them. And uh, Beds Are Burning, obviously, the song everyone knows. Not that they didn't have other songs, but no. this is the big one. So Beds Are Burning is obviously just a kick-ass song. Uh, very, very powerful. And then we also listen to the acoustic version. Um, and I'll go first this time just because I'm trying to be fair. Yeah. Uh, and this time, you know, I will say as much as I love the acoustic version, there's just something that even feels more raw about the full version, as which is very strange. Um, I think whenever they recorded that may have been a long time ago. So you hear more rawness and more... 
I don't know, just it feels like so much heart. It's just heart forward, and I love it. And I love the acoustic version, too, but I'm going to have to go with the original on this one. Not that the acoustic wasn't beautiful. Oh, absolutely, yeah. In this case, it seems that uh, I guess you could say it was more raw, but it was also more polished. And when they when they recorded Beds of Burning, the first version, it was like, we got to really lay on these vocals. I mean, some really powerful, uh, just enough vocal kick-assery. And uh, just the, the, the track's instrumentation is so, it's so strong. It's original. And live is great. I mean, it's a great song, and it holds up. But that studio version is unbeatable to me. I agree. And I, I'm not a huge fan of his voice. It's not my favorite voice. Got to be the right song, yeah. But it was... It was just the conviction, the anger, the rawness. It all just spoke to me. And, of course, the lyrics are brilliant. So, absolutely. So, I think, you know, so where are we? You're going to have to keep track of this. So, the first one, we did not agree. Right. The second one, we agreed. Well, then the third one, I know I'm asking you to take away your personal feelings about the band and just the two songs. This it's It's not my list. I stole from the list. So... This particular song, so Dave Grohl, who enjoyed Unplugged Fame with Nirvana, knows that not every rock song can translate into a successful acoustic rendition. However, they're saying he knocked it out of the park when he stripped down Best of You. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Foos. I know you're not. I don't understand it. But seriously, just talk about you know having amazing success after an already successful band in your own right. Done brilliantly i actually really like foo fighters even more than i like nirvana wow and i like nirvana but it's different it's it's just it's rock it's different and i really really like and i'm glad dave grohl kept going because he could have easily stopped doing music right i mean what a tragedy i mean so as far as versions of these songs um because I actually like this band i'll go first but next time you're gonna go first i have to give it to the full version I need Dave Grohl to be a little more polished. Not that I don't like the raw, but there was—he's just got this really beautiful instrument, this beautiful kind of, kind of very clean voice, and I like the way that it sounds on the full version. And then I like the instrumentation so much. I like the stripped down. I'd be down, but not nearly as much as the full version. Well, I have come. I, well, I think the whole Dave Grohl story is so amazing. Anyway, absolutely. I mean, it's even uh, you could say the Phil Collins thing is similar, but it isn't no. really. I mean, this is like he was just the drummer of Nirvana. Right. Everybody knew him because there was only three guys he in was Nirvana. An amazing drummer. And he was an amazing drummer, but now, but he wasn't. But Cobain was pretty much the writer and the singer, mm-hmm. and all we heard from uh, Grohl was drums. And Kick now ass. he's the front man. Of a band. That's and gone further and bigger than oh, anything yes. they ever... More longevity, more success. Oh. I mean, they are uh, phenomenal. I mean, there's a sort of a, a cult thing around Nirvana, sort of an icon thing and everything. But Foo Fighters, obviously, is a bigger success. Absolutely. And I do actually like some of the stuff. I, I think Dave Grohl is just cool anyway. Every time I hear him say something, I just like him, you know. He's a good but guy. He's a, he's yeah, a real he seems genuine like, dude. They all do. And, and I before I ever even listened to anything, there was when I was pretty much convinced I hated them. Um... I, I liked Taylor Hawkins and Dave Grohl. I mean, that's they were just 
They just really badass. I thought they were brothers. To be honest, when I first saw the band, I'm like, oh, cool, these two brothers. Two <laughs> brothers, yeah. Played together for 20 years. Sorry, Taylor. And I also should apologize for uh, kind of uh, taking a dig at or two at their name before. I didn't know. I thought they just made that up, and I thought that's a stupid name. Now that I know what, it, did I say this on another show already? Mm-hmm. I did. I said that about the UFO. You thing? did. Get the fuck out of here. No. <laughs> Why do you make shit up like that? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a uh, it's a uh, simulation. I think it's a uh, deep fake voice to text. True, uh, yeah. true. Text to voice. Yeah. So, do you know which version you like? I mean, we heard. Oh, the... oh, the studio one definitely. Yeah, There's it just, has yeah. the. Uh, I can imagine where some of the stuff that I don't know that big, yelly, noisy sound and everything. I'm not that into. I might like some of them acoustically. Uh, definitely, in this case, I go with the original. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't mind him, you know, doing that raw thing. But God, I just. There is a polish and a rawness that they do on their albums that I just fucking love. I mean, they were middle of the road for me for a while, and then I really started to listen to them, and I just realized, how the fuck would I not be in love with them? They're just crazy good. So, I can see that I might have been unfair the, to the old food. True that, uh, true that. And uh, have you seen the movie yet, by the way? No. No, I haven't either. It, it interests me. Yeah. I definitely want to see yeah. it. So, uh, obviously, rest in peace, Taylor. So sad. Gone way too soon. Just heartbreaking. Can't even talk oh, about it. I can't even. I swear I'm going to weep if I even I think even about him singing Somebody it. to Love. You I know? can't even. It's just yeah. It's just so tragic. And we'll see what happens with the foos. But no matter what, the decision they make is right. Yeah. Um, whether we get to see them again, they come back in a different iteration, or they stop doing music. Thank you for the music that we have, and hopefully we'll see you gentlemen again. If not uh, on vinyl or or something, at least we'll you know you'll be some supergroup type deal, yeah. maybe or or just it's out not like there, that Temple of the Dog thing. Out please. there, support. I love Temple of the Dog. Out there, supporting other bands, other artists, helping them get to the next level. So, the next song. Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Oh. So it is arguably their most popular song, and it's just a fucking masterpiece. Um, obviously, this was 1994, and um, he would often deliver, he being Chris Cornell, uh, an acoustic version of the song, whether the rest of the band uh, or, you know, solo performance, whichever. And uh, it's very interesting. So obviously, the, the actual version of the song is big. Yeah. And it's Big. rock, and it's uh, there's a lot of really advanced thinking in there. There's a lot of playfulness in there, and obviously the video takes it to another level. But then you hear the acoustic version and just that voice. There's nothing like that voice. That voice, an acoustic, and that brilliant song. And then you go, shit, I don't know what to say. Yeah. So where did you land? I. Uh, it's a different kind of... Uh, just spellbinding the acoustic version and everything but honestly that studio version is so huge it blows you out of your socks and sometimes you just want that and i think given a choice of these two that's what i would go for it's amazing it really and is. it's been so many years since I, I remember the video of course who could ever forget that try though they might yeah. but i mean it's it's beautiful but um i haven't seen it in so long all i really think weird. of is the song so, I mean, it isn't as if I'm being influenced, cause that, and that can happen. Uh, if you see a video first, it can warp your mind about what you're hearing. Uh, but uh, th- in this case, forget the video. If you never saw it, if you haven't seen it in a million years, this song is a absolute knockout. I think, um, you know, and it, this is a hard one because they're both brilliant. And, you know, the good news is, is I'm only picking this for fun, but I would have to go with the acoustic version. I just think I can hear the lyrics. I can hear, you know a little bit more of the conflict in the song 
Yes, of course, when you have the video, you hear it there, and there's conflict in the actual version, but there's nothing like that voice, that power of voice broken down like that. So I, I mean, you know, I've got to, I've got to give it to the acoustic version for having that impact, especially when you have an actual version, you know, the original version that's so powerful that an acoustic version could move me to that degree. So I'm going with the acoustic version and I'm going to do the David on this one, though slightly, just slightly the acoustic version uh, for the reasons mentioned. So interesting, very interesting. Um, so are we aligned? So how many, you're supposed uh, to be keeping track on this. I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm sorry. Uh, okay, you, you so have, let's you go have back the, through. You have the functioning brain. So we disagreed all apologies, on two. we disagreed. So you're supposed to keep track of this. Beds are burning, we agreed. Best of you, we agreed. Black Hole Sun, we disagreed. So that's two agree, two disagree so far. It's just interesting. Okay. You know, um, I I mean, I want to say that you're wrong about Black Hole Sun, but I can't because that version is so No, you really couldn't, could brilliant. you? Not no, in this Nobody case. would take you seriously. Well, they could. They could take me seriously. Or they they would just... only be proving themselves fools. Oh, my God. <laughs> kidding, kidding. All right. Well, the next one, we are talking about Bringing on the Heartbreak by Def Leppard. Now, this is off 1981's High and Dry album, and it is still one of their best-known tracks. And uh, this is reportedly an early attempt at making their version of Stairway to Heaven. I don't think it quite worked out, but that's okay. So we listened to the full version Fucking amazing. I love Def Leppard. And then we listened to the acoustic version. Now, I will say it was, you know, marred a little bit by <laughs> their fans singing it. But um, I really am partial to the full version. Why? Because there's that point where it just kicks in. And I feel like this song, while a good song, it needs that. I don't know that it stands up as an acoustic song for me. And it's not that the melody isn't strong. It's a strong melody, but there's something about the way the instrumentation brings it to life that it just doesn't have at all when I'm listening to the acoustic. So maybe the melody isn't as powerful as I need it to be um, because it doesn't hold up for me acoustically. Well, take another absolute classic like Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. Picture that acoustic stripped down know anything i I don't want to listen to axel rose like that yeah exactly oh and you miss every bass lick every drum every guitar every everything i don't want to hear the muppet so i think it's the same thing here although i did like the acoustic uh, version but the studio bringing on the heartbreak oh come on it's uh that is the way to go with me i I think that's that's what the song really is but is it because the melody can't stand up on its own like in in an in an acoustic environment no it's almost as if all the instruments are sort of harm are part of the melody. I mean, it's it, it just... But you could say that about any song, but this You song could say that be... about any song. Uh, maybe. Does that mean the me- melody's weaker? I don't know, but... Maybe. But is it great to listen to in its complete form? So you, of course it is. So if the melody's not 100%, I, some would argue that the melodies of early Black Sabbath are kind of rudimentary, too. They are. They? I uh, think they but are. they're still great, and yes, part of it is because of the rest of the instrumentation. I think that is here. It doesn't take away from the greatness of the song, but um, does it work as well stripped down? I would say no. Yeah, I don't think so either. Okay, so we're, we're like-minded on that, too. Yeah. This is crazy, you guys. This is wacky. Oh, this next one. I mean, it's so nice to hear this. I haven't heard it in, in a while. So, Fade to Black by Metallica. So, P. 
people go back and forth on whether Ride the Lightning classic, uh, whether this classic, try him again, try again, I'm sorry. Take two. Metallica fans will go back and forth as to whether this Ride the Lightning classic qualifies as a ballad. I think that it does. It's emotional, it's melodic, it's amazing. Uh, the way it starts is great, and there is a lot of instances where they're performing this song acoustically, and it, mm-hmm. it works both ways. Um, the question is, is when you hear it acoustic, does it maybe seem like that's how it was meant to be played? And for me, it does. I feel that the acoustic version is so powerful. I mean, if you think about the fact that it's mostly acoustic at the very beginning and to hear it continue, I feel like that's where it should have gone. And not to say that the full version is bad. I love that song, but I had not heard before we did this little thing. I had not heard the acoustic version and I was, I was blown away at how much I liked it. Yeah, there's a, there's a very curious thing with Metallica's songs is when they do those power ballads, and I do think of them as ballads. It is a ballad. I'm sorry. I mean, what is Nothing Else Matters? Okay, what is The Unforgiven? Okay, those are ballads. Right. Uh, I've actually heard um, uh, a musician I know named Ann Roos uh, plays The Unforgiven on a Celtic harp, and it's so badass because it's got that great a melody. So it doesn't matter how far you strip down some of those songs, even if they get all metal and stuff, like Nothing Else Matters, that kind of thing. Uh, they are basically ballads, and you can strip them down. Do I prefer them that way, or did I prefer this particular one that way? Um, probably because it's not really one of my favorite Metallica songs by any stretch. So I kind of liked it a little bit leaner like that. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot. I know it's highly regarded, but it's never been that big a deal to me. You got to work on that, man. <laughs> it's just a little too much of a downer, you know. It's I don't know. Beautiful. It's, it's got an so it's got powerful. an okay melody. I, I don't know, but I like the I like the later stuff. I like uh, you like it, but that's the thing. Because it's a downer, that doesn't ruin the song. The song's an amazing song. It's an amazing song. Um, but just because it's a downer, I mean, there's, I mean, me- there's something about the melody that has a downward bent to it, as opposed to something else matter, uh, nothing else matters. That's very dark. Or any of those songs. Those yes, it is. Dark, it is. So, hmm. But um, it's interesting. It does like a, it's almost as if it's almost like the signature has an upward slant at the end as opposed to a downward. I don't know what it is. It's the yeah, same kind of dark that. melody, but it just uh, it affects me differently. Yeah, because Nothing Else Matters is not a positive song. So, yeah, I mean, I think... Well, it, it actually has a little bit of positivity in it, though. It does. Hmm. You know, it promotes, I don't know, open mind for a different view, blah, 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 you know. All that, uh, that uh, hearts and flowers shit. All right. So it has no, it, that's the thing, is I'd like to strip away the meaning of the song to see if you... If, if, because I think that affects how you feel about a song, unfortunately. And that the thing that's sad about that is a lot of the dark songs and the sad songs are how people work through their shit. That, uh, that's just not an agreeable melody to me that much. There's some nice guitar work and stuff, but I just... I prefer even some of the stuff of that era, but not that particular one. I'm not a big fan of one either. Sorry, sorry, oh, I know, I know. my fucking God. I know, I know. Heresy, I understand. That is one of my favorite songs in the world. Heresy, of in course. In the world. You heard it here. Burn so, the witch. Okay. <laughs> Burn well, the witch. <laughs> okay. Well, I, you know, that's uh, nothing I can say to, to save that moment. Well, preference is preference. I, I, uh, 
it's just I just noticed a theme where if the song is sad, then you tend to not like it, and that's unfortunate because sad songs say so much. Say so much. I, you did not. I mean, I have know. mostly. I mean, our songs are really sad. A sad song. I don't. Really I don't sad. see them that way at all. They're really sad. There's some a lot of sad lyrics. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> no, I, I. I just don't. I, they don't make me feel bad. You know. Hmm. Well, that's good. I mean, they're supposed to be uppy. You yeah, know, you, you might have tried, but uh, they, no, did, they failed try. in making me feel bad. No, because we like, we like to disguise, as we told you, dark shit in, in kind of poppy, uplifting tunes. Oh, so you're not trying to make your audience miserable. That's good to no, know. No, yeah. trying Because to. it doesn't work. You actually make them very happy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we do. But um, the next one, we'll see how we feel. So how are we on the tally now? We are uh, three agree, two disagree. All right, fair enough. And I strongly disagree with this fade to black shit. I just want to go on record, okay? So noted. And so the next one is Just Like Heaven, The Cure. So another unplugged moment, just amazing, featuring Robert Smith and The Cure. Uh, Their acoustic version of this beloved gem was pulled off without a hitch. And they're just great musicians. It's it's one of those songs, super catchy. So um, I'm going to turn it over to you to see what you thought. Did you like the studio version better off Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, which is an album I've been listening to since I was a kid? Or did you like it better, the unplugged moment? I actually, I like the full cure treatment. So uh, the studio version was uh, was definitely my pick on that one, although it, it it's pretty solid, unplugged, i got to say. But, um, yeah, studio on this one. Doesn't need the tricks, but they feel good, though. Nice. Okay, I am going with the acoustic version. I find it more powerful. I don't need all the little, uh, like, you know, synthesizer sounds. I don't need it. And I don't think The Cure needs that stuff. Some of it in their early days, like, you know, um, Boys Don't Cry and that kind of stuff. I totally got it. Um, but I don't I don't think they need it on this one. And I feel like it's more powerful, more romantic, all of that acoustic. So that's my preference. Still love the original, but God, I really love to hear Robert just do his thing against an acoustic guitar. So, wow. so I was surprised as well. I was very surprised. And the next one up is um, interesting because Street Fighting Man uh, uh. Um, is that you know it's interesting because it's mostly acoustic, but there are drums and bass in in the original. And I could not find the acoustic version that they have been speaking of, but I listened to, to uh, we listened to another gentleman do it. And I have to say for this one that I am partial to the full version. I just, oh, I, yeah. there's something about that bass coming in. The bass, yeah. But I love all of the a- acoustic guitar treatment that's there, that it's not just going into electric. There's something very powerful about that that feels very raw. And I like it. And I can't imagine it just fully acoustic. It needed that little oomph. I mean, it's that kind of a song. So, yeah, I prefer the full thing. Uh, absolutely. Well, there's, there's something about the bass in a lot of that era of Rolling Stones just carries it, like Sympathy for the Devil. The bass just runs the song, pretty much. Uh, takes it in different directions. Same thing with Jumpin' Jack Flash is very uh, dominant, and this uh, song as well. Street Fighting Man, I have read at least, that all the guitars are acoustic. Yes, there's bass and drums and stuff, but the guitars, as loud as they might sound, and there was a, a knack they had for experimentation. You listen to a lot of old stones, and there's this weird shit. You don't even know what it is. Is that a guitar? Is that a keyboard? What is that? I don't even know what that is. Uh, and uh, Street Fighting Man, I have heard, is all acoustic, and... I was going to bring that song up anyway uh, when talking about acoustic because it was the song for that 
actually flipped the switch in my head to become a musician when I heard that song. And it was all acoustic, and yet that's what made me decide to become a rock and roller and don't hold that against the Stones. They had no idea what they were doing. Hearing those harmonies, yeah, that was a, a real trip that moment for me. I was going to bring it up because Summer's here, and Summer, did we mention this on another show that Summer sucks hard? Mm-hmm. It does. Thank you. Yes. They left that out of the song, though. Well, on that note, that's really all that we have. We covered um, eight song. well, yeah, eight songs total, and what is the tally? Uh, we both agreed on a version, and uh, the other half we disagreed. So where did you lie? I don't know. All I know is that I'm right and he's wrong, so that's fun. And, um, and, and we want to, not to take a bow or anything, but we want to point out that we are perfectly willing to agonize over these things, even though there's absolutely nothing at stake. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just for you. Well, and I'm, I, I wonder if there won't be later on some, I don't know, maybe, you know, kind of we take back some of the things that we said. We take back some of the oh, decisions yeah. that we made. There is remorse when you do this. Because it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Because you're making tough choices. I was way too hard on Hot Space, honestly. Uh, now that I think about it, it's like, that's really not that bad a record. Oh, is it? no. Yeah. Anybody I've talked to agreed with you that it was the worst record ever. It was, but it's pr- it's better than uh, I was letting on. I disagree. It's, it's not- <laughs> I totally disagree. Oh, good. Now I, think- I feel better. Well, speaking of things that suck ass, the end of another episode of Winging It kind of sucks ass. That blows. Yeah. So, anyway, what we do when we come to the end of an amazing Winging It, which I feel this was rather amazing, is uh, we let you say goodbye in the only unique way you know how, at least at the end of this show, and that is... With regret and perhaps a tinge of relief, let's fly this coop. This has been Birds of a Feather on What the Flock Radio.